this podcast is a part of a special series of episodes dedicated to my debut album, Temple Calling, an album for your altar. 13 songs, 13 muses, a thousand sacred stories to resonate with you and with me. My intention for this album is to break your heart open to the truth of who you are. And this podcast series is an epic celebration of the women who inspired this dream come true. You listening makes you a part of that dream too. Hello beautiful souls and welcome back to our Temple Calling series here at the Genius Portal Podcast. I'm joined today by Lydia Bergantino, who has actually been on our podcast before, so you may already be familiar with her, but today we're going down a different rabbit hole and exploring the beautiful creation that's been this temple calling world that we've been in together, but specifically the song Deep Waters that was inspired by Lydia's art, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let her share the details of that as we go, but I'm really excited to have you back. There's actually not very many people that have made their way back. I think with most people I say, oh, I'm looking forward to talking to you again. (laughs) There's a big difference between saying that and it actually happening. So I'm really excited, yeah, to have you back and to see where our conversation goes today and to celebrate your art and this beautiful kind of kinship and sisterhood that's been created through this, through this album and through this co-creation that really to me, feels like such a co-creation. Um, so thank you so much for coming back. <laughs> and thank you so much for inspiring this song out of me. It's it's genuinely one of my, I think just because of the genre of it, it's one of my favourite songs. And my producer said, Clem, who we will also have on the podcast series, he said to me when we were kind of coming towards we had 11 songs done. There's room on the album for 13. Like that was what I got intuitively. There's going to be 13. There's going to be 13. And we just recently had a conversation of like you received the hit of there's going to be a song, like let's do the song. Um, and I'm going to ask you to share that story. But we just kind of received that. And Clem, my producer, goes, I just think it would be really great for you musically if we had a song that was more like, tribal had that a cappella vibe like the harmonies that you that you kind of started when you started recording your music it'd be cool to come back to the roots of your music like that and I was just chuckling to myself the words that he was using like roots when one of the intentions for this song was bringing through this earth frequency and um and even that he was like you know that like tribal and I was like yeah I already have the song I already know what it is (laughs) It's, it's Deep Waters from Lydia or like inspired by Lydia. And he was like, okay, great. I should know by now um, that you've already intuitively kind of worked it out. But, yeah, I would love to kick off by, I mean, firstly, please say hi. Um, and then, yeah, I would love to hear your share and your story of, what happened for the moment when it became obvious to you that there was going to be a song for this creation of yours. Um, And if you want to share a little introduction of what the creation is, um, which feels very sacred because I know it's in the birthing phase of the creation. Um, Yeah. Introduce the birthing of deep waters to us from your (laughs) perspective. Well, first of all, thank you. Thank you for inviting (laughs) me back. And yes, it's um, it was a nice calling, and somehow I think it's not going to be the only time I come back here. <laughs> I think there's going to be some more songs, but that's okay. That will happen when it happens. <laughs> but we already know. So um, yes, I think uh, Deep Waters was um, really came through. Like I think you, I think you, you announced it, or maybe you said it to me. I actually can't remember the actual point when it came through, but I was like, "Oh, I, I've got to, I've got to be on that album." 
And it wasn't me. It was it was about my book, mm. my book called Lily, and um, and I was like, oh, oh, I need to, I need to do that. And I and I knew, like when I we did it, we did a little writer's genius um, platform, and it came through that I thought it would be about Lily being a mermaid and um, and her within the first book, her being discovering who she was but mm. I I also when I when I went into it it wasn't it wasn't about that it was about the earth's frequency and mm. how you know when we come back to our deep waters within ourselves that we can heal ourselves within that place and it was really important that that went out to the world um, and I think you interpreted that um beautifully because it if you eventually when everyone gets to read the book the first book um it just marries so beautifully together you know for this young beautiful woman who's um going along life not even knowing who she is and what her capabilities are um until she has some um dark shadowy things happen to herself and through there she she births this new frequency of herself into a little mermaid and um understanding how all that works so yeah it, it was really really important to get all that to come through together but it was interesting how you interpret it and you used it and it was like yeah that's right that's what it does that frequency that the way the water moves, the way, like I remember you saying, oh, well, how do you want it to sound? And I'm like, oh, you got to go, you know, like yodeling. It's not yodeling, but, you know, like <laughs> what is it how the Norse people go? Oh. I was like, yeah, like, I'm not a singer here. But like how you could do that with your voice and then it needed to be the beat of the drum because the frequency of the earth and the frequency of the way we all move including lily through our life needs those need to, we need to go back to that and really mm -hmm. feel what it feels like within that space so i think um yeah that's my interpretation that's kind of how it came along but i, I did was like oh can you can i can you do song i think it was like that <laughs> you're like yeah, yeah. like yeah right <laughs> <laughs> okay sure why not yeah it was really cool because it was really different with your creation because I was the furthest removed from it in the sense of like I'm familiar with with the essence of Lily and I've heard you speak about her and I've, I've shared in that intuitive connection to her with you but I haven't read the book yeah so there was like I wrote the Lilith song for a book, but I'd read the book, you know. Yeah, that's right. So there was a lot more reference. So it was so interesting for me creatively. And it was actually really freeing. It just felt so like, yeah, I just gotta lean on the intuition and lean on my muse and and trust, not trust, but like have faith that genius will take care of it. Have faith that it's all gonna pull together perfectly. And it was yeah, it was really beautiful to receive it. And the track does have that drum in it and it has that yodeling, as you say. <laughs> it's not yodeling, but I know. I yeah. Know. What is it called? I don't even know what it's called. I actually don't even know. It feels kind of like a, a song cry to me, like a. Yes, that's right. Yeah. You know what it yeah. is? It's, it's the inner frequency of your deep waters coming out. Yeah. 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 Yeah, so beautiful. And, yeah, it was just beautiful to be lost in the the visual because I'm, I'm so visual when I create. The visual that came through as I wrote the song was so beautiful. Um, and I could just see this young girl. And it was interesting because even though it was for this book and for Lily and for that creation, it really felt like the girl I was singing through or singing about or singing to as I wrote that song was just this embodiment of all women, like all 
even the feminine in feminine, I can't talk, the feminine in all of us. Yes. It was like this embodiment of that and like that's what I was singing to yeah. and then singing to that connection between the land and the lake and the stars and it was so beautiful. Um, and, yeah, I just I just really love it. I feel moved like the instant I hear the song and I haven't, um, as you know, I've been pouring through the songs in intense detail um, in the last few weeks because they're all going through this production process and to listen to them all a million times. And we actually haven't done Deep Waters yet because we're doing them kind of in the order that they were recorded and that was one of the last ones to be recorded. So I actually... I'm really excited to listen to it because it's one of the ones that I haven't listened to 3,000 times yet. Yeah. <laughs> um, but as soon as that drum comes on at the start of the song, I just it just awakens something in me. I can't help but move my body, my pelvis, like I'm moving, I'm feeling my feet on the earth and it really does have that earth frequency, which mm. was your intention for the photo shoot, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so could you share a little bit about that? What was it like being at the photo shoot and you were there to embody a frequency? Because, again, it was it was so different to there are a couple other tracks on the song that are dedicated to books, like there's an Ankara Codes or Ankara Calling song and Bet came and dressed up as Ankara, so it was very literal. Mm-hmm. And then there's a Lilith one, and Melanie came as Lilith. Yeah. And then there's this book for Lily that that you've written, and you're there as a frequency. You actually weren't yeah. a character per se. So share with that adventure with us. Like, how did that come through for you? How did you go about kind of curating how you wanted to show up in that shoot? What was, was your was- journey? was different wasn't it it was like yeah it was like i i look i can't come as lilith because i'm not a 10 year old um <laughs> and so i was like oh, that's definitely can't work and then i was like oh how do i how do i come as this as the earth frequency and then i was like looking at my clothes I was going oh how do i dress up am i gonna put you know ivy around my body like what i want do i want to look like a tree there was all these things going on and then I then I realized that I'm not earth per se I'm the frequency of it and then I was like oh so how would the frequency look like in human form and then I was like oh and then I I I got some I got a jumpsuit that's got all these beautiful colors on it and and it's like really bright and no, it really showed the frequency of Mother Earth, you know, that she is bright, that she is healing, that she is this, you know, that she has this frequency that when we go out and connect into the bush, we actually come back charged from her still, mm-hmm. even though we've raped and pillaged her, we still come back charged. So it's like, wow, how do I embody that? And I think I just... Like I sat on a I sat on a log, a little laughing on the log, and then I sat on the base of a tree, just with my legs. It was just so easy in the end. Like at the start, I was going, "Oh, but how do I encompass that?" But I didn't need to because we are that. We are all part of the earth, you know, and her frequency. So once I just sat in that. I was like, oh, this is, it's just this. It's just, it's just love for all the children, you know? It was nourishing and, and it was, um, the vibration was definitely there. Mm. And, um, I think you felt it too. But yeah, there was no character. It was just that. Yeah. It was just an essence. Yeah. It was just the essence of that. Yeah. Yeah. And I think you were one of the only people that actually had a wardrobe change too, mm-hmm. um, that you had a you had a wardrobe change for the group photos and for your solo ones. So what was going on there for you? What was the reason behind that? Um, I think the reason behind that was I wanted to represent me in the, the, the group shots mm-hmm. and me in my essence, mm-hmm. which I did, and then... For the single shots, I wanted to represent 
the the essence of Mother Earth, the frequency mm. of Earth, you know. And I think that's why I needed to change my clothes because, you know, she doesn't. She's not always going to be in a dress and looking blue. You know, I was all bright coloured flowers, very hippie looking type of outfit, jumpsuit where I could just would do whatever. Yeah. You know, I even thought, oh, should I just like strip naked, you know, and just be in that essence? And I was like, oh, no, I want to be in the, the vibration of how bright she actually is. Mm. Yeah. So I think that's why I did it. I, You know what? To be honest, I... I had all these thoughts and then it just was what it was. Uh, yeah. was inner, it was an inner knowing, just go and do this and this is what you're going to do. And when yeah. I think about it afterwards, I think there was de definitely this is me in my vibration supporting Ali and the album and all the beautiful music and then this is the, the vibration of that particular song, yeah. Mm. Yeah, and I don't even think at that time... I had heard the full lyrics of the song. I don't think you had either. No. No, I don't think you did until after a few weeks later, yeah. even after seeing all the photos. Yeah. <laughs> well, then when I when you see the photos, you go, ah, oh, yes, I see that. Yeah. Yeah. There's a strong, powerful force in that. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, so true and perhaps by the time this episode is out, anyone can come and stalk our social medias and see some of those photos. <laughs> I'll use one of them as a cover for the for the episode so you can have a look at that if you're listening now. Um, but you've done a, it's been really cool actually just witnessing you as a friend, as a fellow creator, as a, another woman. Recently, I feel like you've had such a glow up, like you've been going on all these photo shoots. You've had all these um different expressions of yourself and yeah having you on socials I don't spend heaps of time scrolling on socials but the algorithm obviously think can tell that I love you and, and thinks that I love you because you're there every time I go on <laughs> and I watch maybe six stories and you'll be one of them um and yeah you just got all this epic imagery and of such different vibes like every shoot that you do has such a different vibe like you've got like the I'm in the office vibe. You've got the I am like right by the sea and there's waves crashing and then you've got the regal throne, but like they're just they're so different and they're all so epic. And I'd love to hear, A, just whatever you feel called to share about going on this photo shooting binge. And I mean that in a positive sense, not, um, I don't know what else to call it, like escapade, adventure. No, it was a binge. It was a, it was a binge. Binge. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll go with it we'll call it like it is we'll yeah. shoot right um yeah I'd love to hear a yeah, what that's been like and also b um what it how it was different being at the temple calling shoot because it was a lot of women there are a lot of different things going on and I don't know if or whether any of your other shoots have been like that or if it's been very much you know you're the you're the content in most of the other shoots that you've done. Um, so to be there in a group setting, it's just, yeah, it's different. I'd love to hear what you feel called to share about that. Yeah, it was different. Um, I think it was solo, solo binge. And um, I think I did a couple before I came over WAOA. So I think uh, the first one was, it started because my friend just started a new business and it was, oh, I really like to support her, you know, because it's hard when you first start out. And I thought, oh, yeah, and I need some new headshots and body shots. And that turned into a little bit more very energetic shots, mm. very my body in a river, bloody two degrees while it was pissing down with rain. And I was just doing this whole you know, moving my hands around, the the energy that was coming from my hands, it was just very mystical, I want to say. And it came out perfectly because I have a mystical, magical side to me. And then I thought, wow, you know, to be able to put that on a photo in social media and not just have 
a professional shop. Like this is another side of Lydia, who I am. And then, um, yeah, and then there were some shots in a cafe where I was on a computer. So there's, you know, the professional side of Lydia, um, which I wanted to, but it, you know, it was professional with colour because there's always going to be colour now around me. And so that was really interesting and I'm, and that's just part of who I am. And then I went, um, there was another sister that I met up and I thought, oh, I'd like to do some more shots with, you know, the white sage that we sell and stuff like that. So I was like, oh, I want, want it to be a little bit more connected to the plants and the plant magic and that type of stuff. So I did that shot those shots and that was there was a few wardrobe changes within that but it was very beautiful um and then I came to WA and that was inspiring for my third shot but I'll talk about WA first it was inspiring in the sense that people really encompassed what the the muses or the essence or and it was so inspiring to see women come together in such a heartfelt way to support you, Ali, and to support your music and, you know, to see how women can come together in that beautiful way and how they showed up and some of the positions that the beautiful girls were in were like, oh, my God, that's got to be breaking her back. And she stayed in that position with a smile on her face, with smoke around her and the freezing cold water. And I was like, wow, that's powerful, you know, and watching each and everyone bring that essence into them and be that thing, I just thought that was powerful. And I do know that there will be another shoot with women next time. It won't be a lonely shoot. And then after that I went to a, a studio and I dressed up with my um my furs and my staff and some very cheeky regal shots some out there drumming healy shots and very powerful poses there were there like the powerful Lydia you know and I wanted to show that side of myself and not hide behind anything there so um yeah and I think that that came out because I was at your and I watched people empower and become, and I thought, you know what, I can, I have that side too, and I want to be, I want to show that side of me too, rather than still hiding that part of me, that little, that real out there side, wrapped in a bloody fur with a staff and a drum with a fierce face. You know, I wanted that. So I was like, yep, yeah, okay, I'm going to create that. And so I created that. And I think that they all got their purpose because there's multi. Like we're all multifaceted, but I wanted to show that in 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 my own way, and so that's that's probably how it all come about. Yeah, yeah, it's been really beautiful to see kind of like the energy that I feel of you when I connect to you in all these different ways, and I connect to the depth of you to see a visual representation of that. It's, it's just really special. It's yeah. really, really cool. And I think um, there's been this thread through these conversations of photography actually being this real healing modality because it gives you the ability to see yourself in a way that you know you are but also you don't. <laughs> like We don't see ourselves in that full magic or in that full get up or in that full glow up. And it's so cool to see it reflected back to you yeah. and confronting. It can be really confronting. Yeah. But yeah, I remember seeing your, I can, I can remember it so clearly actually seeing the first few of those river photos that I saw of you being like, fuck yeah, these are so good. Like this is so you. Um, and I love that you took inspiration from like you took inspiration home from that gathering of women because it was it was a gathering hey it was definitely I think it's hilarious that we thought we were going to be done in a couple of hours yeah, yeah that was funny yeah that was like hello 
<laughs> yeah, but we started off really on track. Like the first few shoots, I don't know what happened. And I get to speak to Addie next week, so it'll be fun to talk to her about it because yeah. we were so Addie was the photographer, but we were so um <laughs> we were so on point. I remember asking her like five shoots in, how are we going for time? She's like, We are killing it. And I was like, yeah. amazing. And I think from there everything unraveled. <laughs> But, you know, gathering the feminine, yeah, um, that was funny. So, yeah, I would love to um, hear about what I want to ask you. Like these different, because you're like creating different things, like you've got plant medicine stuff going on and I feel like you've now got photos that represent that plant medicine yeah. you and you've got your healing work going on and you've got the photos that represent that. But you're also a total powerhouse at mentoring CEOs and helping CEOs and and helping leaders lead powerfully, and you've you've got that vibe going on too. So how do you manage? Is not the right word, but how do you be all of yourself in these ways? Like how do you merge all these versions of you and also share that with the world successfully? Because you have clients and you have audience in all those different facets now and you're about to add author to that so yeah yeah, what's um what's maybe something that you could share with our audience something that supports you in that something that has helped you allow yourself to be all of yourself in these different realms yeah I think I've been on a I've been on a journey this year on because I, I know who I am, right? I know what I've yeah. been doing and I've been sitting in that space and working in that space. So I know it, right? But I I also didn't realise that we're all, we all, we have all these parts to us. I just, I just, it was all just a mash to me. They're all, I'm just one person with all these mishmash things that I do. But then I realised that, oh, they're all got structure in their own form. And I did this journey as the journey into Inanna, goddess, going mm-hmm. from the light to the to the into the underworld and meeting all parts of myself, the sister in me, the wife in me, the mother in me the work, you know, the work of the the fighter, the all these things. And then as I met each one of those parts, I realized that they all had their own structure. Yeah, they're all part of me, the one person, one human. But they were all had their own structure. And I was like, wow, you know, we have all these parts of us. Friend, lover, you know, mother and so when I went into the underworld I, I I started putting these parts on the altar on all the separate altars um yeah and I and I I reached the the hardest one which was the mother for me the mother and um and I stood there like I, the rest was easy get rid of work Lydia sister Lydia friend Lydia oh oh they're all easy little bit of uncomfortableness but mother was my big thing and um at that point I didn't I still didn't associate that they were all separate and then when I try a mother I just stood there I was like last thing I I I was completely naked I had my undies in my hand and I just couldn't put them down onto the altar and there was also a bracelet which has got Noah's name on it and which I'm a mother so I'm mother of Noah so I couldn't put it down and I just stood there, I don't know, 40 minutes, crying, freezing, bloody freezing. I was blue. And um, and then I, I just went, no, no, you're you're just stuck in this. It's just, it's just a part of you. And so I put I put it down and went to walk and I couldn't walk away. And I was like, oh, why can't I walk away? No, I put I put Noah down, I put the essence of mother down, but then I realized deeper beyond that was before my own mother had died when I was 18 months that 
that somehow the grief that she was feeling of leaving me in this world, because she knew she was dying, had come into me that I had grabbed hold of somehow, because I wouldn't even, rem- I don't even remember that time, right? I was too young, but my body did, my physical body did. And so then it was another whole period of letting, as a mother, letting go of my mother. And so when I let when I finished that and I went into the into the underworld and stayed there for a while and had a big cry, it was in that underworld where I think we were there probably there for about an hour. That when I when I was in there I realized that oh there's all these parts of me and that they need all to be voiced in all their ways. And so that's when I when I came out, when I started to come back out of the underworld, back into our world, I um, the middle world, I was like, wow, okay. I started grabbing all the things that I needed from the, the temple halls of Athena and Persephone and all these beautiful goddesses. And then, yeah, when I came out of that, I sat there for a long time going, oh, I've hidden away this part of me and that part of me and this part of me like all my life and now it's time for me to show all these parts and a way for me to do that was in the physical form. I needed to see myself in them and that's what I did. That's why the photography was there because I needed to see Lydia in, you know, the the healer of Lydia, the person that loves to heal people, the person who is an intuitive coach, the person who is, yeah, all these things. Mama, not that there's photos of, there's lots of photos of me and Noah, but like the mama with the nurturing side, it was all there and all the photography. And it, and it's, yeah, and now I can look at that and I go, oh, yeah, there's that part of me showing up today and there's that part of me and owning that and showing the world that as well is really important. And that's wow. what happened. Wow. Yeah. Do you have a vision or is there a plan to do a photo shoot as the mother? Is that you so said that you haven't specifically done one? Is that no, there there will be another shoot, but that will be a groupy one. But it's all not just the mother of, like, my son, but the mother who is a mother to all, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. that needs to show up. And that's why the, the last one will be, like, the group, group mm-hmm. of people. Amazing. Yeah. Could you share a little bit about that? Because I'm not a mum, but, as you know, yet, <laughs> but it is something that I do see a lot of mothers in particular struggle with in that separation of, I don't know separation's the right word, but going from kind of just being defined as the mother now to being the mother that's also making, that's also creating, that's also, you know, got your own individual sovereign purpose on earth that's yours, you know, that's your purpose. It's not Noah's. It's not other people that you have a mothering energy towards. And it's something that I see mothers struggle with is coming out of that, you know, that birth portal and becoming a mother. And I read something recently that there's an illusion that it takes us six weeks to six months to adjust to motherhood. It's more like six years. (laughs) Um, And yeah, that there's like this transition between becoming a mum and kind of losing yourself in motherhood, which can be a beautiful thing. I don't even mean that as a negative thing, but losing yourself in that, finding your your new definition of self in that, but then also maintaining the creator because that's something that you have experience of in your life and something that you do. You are a mum and you have a really high value of that and you really show up for that very intentionally and you have these creations and these offerings that you really value and that you really show up for 
intentionally. Can you speak to that? And maybe if there's any struggles that you've had with that, that you can share the gold of or that you've learned from. Well, yeah, anything for the mothers listening who are also makers, who are also creators or artists or who want to be and maybe aren't expressing that part of themselves right now because they're still in the struggle of the redefinition. Yeah, what wisdom do you have for that? Um, I think I also struggled at the start um, because I so wanted to be a mother and it was a very long journey for me. And like my beautiful star signs and my astrology says that it all the things come to me at the last possible moment. And yeah, it's so true. So true. So um yeah, I struggled in becoming a mother and then 12 years of struggling. And then then I got pregnant. And um and that was like, wow. And there, it, being an, uh, pregnant at 44 came with its complications in my body. Um, and so there was a struggle in, oh, and that, like, it became Earthside. It wasn't the way I wanted. There was a bit of this struggle there. Then there was struggle in... Um, here he is, this beautiful thing that I've I've always wanted, and now I'm exhausted. And I'm like, how do I fit into that? And then there was the struggle of I was breastfeeding and going to doctors saying, I'm sure I'm going through menopause. And they were telling me you can't breastfeed during menopause, but that's another story. Let's not go there. And after I realized that, hello, there was wet nurses who had already been through menopause for a long time. Um and so then I was going through menopause and here I am a mother. So then I was like fighting against how can I be a mother when I'm going into the mugger part of my life. I'm going and I've only been a mum for two years. Now I'm now I'm a, a mugger. Like I'm not even prepared to give up my motherhood yet. I'm still there. And so within all this fight and struggle, and oscillating patterns, I realised that I had to let go of all of it. Let go of, yeah, I'm a mum. And I'm present when I'm there. Not all the time. Same like anybody. But I'm present most of the time. And yeah, I'm a nurturing person. So I do have mother tendencies to, towards other people. And that's another part of me. And then... Yeah, it it just all started to flow that, oh, I can be work Lydia and then mama Lydia. And sometimes at the same time, I'm coaching someone on a Zoom call and there's Noah on my lap, you know. But, you know, people know that about me. They know that I'm just going to, okay, there's a focus here. What do I need to do? And then off he goes, goes, does what he needs to do after. But it's... It's just go, going with gentle footsteps. Like, where am I right now? I'm I'm in this, I'm in the backyard kicking a soccer ball with Noah. I'm present doing that. And then 10 minutes later, I'm in the kitchen cooking dinner, you know, and then it could be 10 minutes after that or an hour after that, I'm on a Zoom call. But it's it's just knowing that I'm all things, but not holding on to, oh, you know, today, like, it, and it happens. Today I had coaching all day long and um, Noah was home and he was watching TV, right, which I hate. I have a whole hate thing about that. But, it's, but again, I, I, I can't be in the lounge room being a mum and being a mum that works coaching at the same time so that's when you just got to go you know what it's okay it's okay because in one hour I'm out of this room and I'm back on the floor you know snuggling or doing whatever I need to do connecting 
and that's okay. And and I think it's just taking it for what it is. That it that it, you are all things. And it can be really, really messy in the poo. You just dug yourself a shit hole and you're standing in your own poo, right? And you're just sitting in there going, mm, let me just soak in this poo for a bit, right? And then otherwise you can just look at it going, you know what? I'm just coaching right now. That's who I am. That's what I'm doing. And then later I might be creating. You know, something I've started to do is bring Noah into the creative space lately. So, you know, I had to create. A friend wanted some um, smudge made for, for a particular reason. And I was like, oh, I can bring Noah in. And what I'll do is I'll go, no, this plant is for this. So do you want to get some spoonfuls and put it on there? And it's like, yeah, okay. And so we created a circle and we we connected in that circle. And it was just, we were just loving each other and loving creating this thing for a friend. And it was, and he was like, oh, Oh, mummy, you know, what does, what does this one do? Oh, you know, that's chamomile. Oh, what does chamomile do? I've seen that floating in my bath. Oh, yes, you have, right? And just bringing that into it, it was really, and it's, it, there's something about that, jo joining the motherhood and your own creative side with your child because they're starting to learn to use that for themselves. Like he asked a question that yesterday. Oh, so yesterday we made we made um uh pickles. So we made pickle carrots, pickle cucumber, pickle onion, and all those things. And I made him do all the chopping, and then he put it all inside. I did the hot brine, but he did all the rest of the stuff. But I was like, oh, why? What does carrots do? Oh, carrots do this. You know? Oh, and like, how do you know all that? And I just said, oh, I just know. And he goes, but did you read it? And I go, no, I just know that that's good for that. And I trust that in myself. Oh, oh. And I, and you, I can see these little brains working. And then he goes, oh, is that like the sleepy potion you put in the bath? And I'm like, yeah, that's like the sleepy potion I put in the bath to relax you. Oh, you just know, yeah. It's not. Well, how will I just know? I go, you'll know teach you that'll come but right now like you know it's like if you're walking to go to the toilet and all the lights are off but you know that the toilet where exactly where it is oh yeah oh because i just know yeah you just know so it's being in that space and not sitting in the shame or the guilt but constantly stepping into your your own genius that's what i find it, it just works when you do that and you bring them on the journey too in a gentler way softness because they can't know all the things because that will just screw with their brains but like learning the genius in oh i know what's that that's my gut my gut is telling me that's not right to do yeah and being kids they practice they, they they're very cheeky Oh, mummy, I can tell. My gut is telling me that I need to get onto the iPad. Oh, really? Is that what your gut's telling you? Hmm. Oh, my gut's not telling me that. <laughs> Gotta love it. Yeah. Gotta love them having a go, hey? they got to push the boundaries, which is great. you got to laugh at that. That's so cool. Mm. Yeah, I love when you said with gentle footsteps, where am I now? yeah that's something I saw a friend give had gave birth to a second child very recently and she had a first child is three three and a half maybe um and they woke him up for the birth that like window just she knew she was just about to give birth so they woke him up um and it was beautiful like he just knew what to do he knew to give mom space he came and pat her on the back and He's saying, good job, mummy. <laughs> He's like yeah. excited to, to meet his little baby brother. Um, and, yeah, they do, I think, when given the space, when given the faith and, and, you know, gentle guidance from the people around them, they really do have this innate connectivity that they're able to, to bring and actually, um, 
mean, I learn so much from spending time with children. I feel like they're they're actually teaching me as much as I might be teaching them stuff. They're teaching me to be present and they're teaching me to be curious. And yeah, and we just got to teach them to be human and mm. op- and open on that journey. Mm. You know, yeah. I mean, I've I've made mistakes, but I tell him, oh, mummy's mummy's made a mistake here, and this is what's happened. You know, mm. I got we had this beautiful moment where they have this thing called Anthology Week, where you go. It wasn't actually clear in the documentation that parents should be there, mm-hmm. and so I assumed that I didn't need to be there, and so did um, John, and we kind of like didn't show up and so when he got home he was in fight or flight like full crying having a big 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 thing feelings coming up and I sat down next to him and I said what's going on he goes it was anthology and you didn't get to see my work and I played the ukulele on the stage and you never saw that and I was like oh Oh, and it hit me and I realised that this is one of those moments in, you know, 15 years' time he's going to go to see a psychiatrist about. But that's okay because that's why we're human. Yeah. And I was like, oh, and I I felt what he felt because that's one of my superpowers. I feel it. And then I started to cry and I was like crying and I go, I'm not going to hide this from you. You need to see this. And I was crying and I said, I'm so sorry. I made a mistake. I should have been there. And I made a mistake. And I and and he goes, but mummy, what's more important? Your your work or your son? And I was like, ah! <laughs> it's totally you. It's always you. Never will I'll never make that mistake again. And uh, and in, in that moment we had a big cuddle and he was like snuggling into me and then he looked at me and he put his hands on it on my face and he said oh mummy don't cry you made a mistake Mm, I just I still love you right and I was like oh I still love you too mate you know and so that's a big thing because he saw my sorrow in how I how I'm I made a mistake Mm. I mean I'm going to that's how how it happens you know but it was in that moment of my response and holding space for him, but also holding space for me. And then he was holding space for me and we're holding space for each other. It was just very deep. And it, mm. it, in the teaching of what it's like to be a human and how it comes with mistakes and all sorts of things, it's showing that part of yourself that you need to show not to hide that away and and from there there's this closeness that comes through you know being a, a, a mother that that is really open it's so important mm. so beautiful thank you for sharing um i just would love if you could just quickly, just for any listeners who aren't familiar with the terminology, you mentioned earlier um, the MAGA, and I think in terms of archetypes, the maiden and the mother and the crone, people are quite familiar with. Yeah. But I think the MAGA is often missed out, and I actually really resonate with that, but um, not with it being missed out. I really resonate with that phase being there. Yeah. Um could you just really briefly explain that phase for listeners who maybe haven't heard that terminology before? Yeah. So maiden mother crone is very prominent in when we were living to our 40s and 50s. Mm-hmm. It made sense that we skipped the mugger stage but um, so we would we'd live to forty or fifty or fifty was even probably too old. But mainly we lived to about forty. So we went through the maiden, we became a mother, and then we were with a crone and we died. Um, where now that we're in 
we live longer, um, there's a missing stage because from, you know, say 40s or even 50s to 70s, there's this whole stage of knowledge and 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 energy that is in the mugger, right? And so for me, I've you know I've gone through menopause. Um, I've gone through it. I'm on the other side. I'm definitely in the mugger stage of my life. Even though I've still got a young son, I'm still in both. Got a foot in the door of being a mother, and I've got a foot in the, and I'm completely in mugger. So, and that's fine because I'm an older mum. But yeah, the mugger, the knowledge, the knowledge that we hold, and the way we ground at this age, the way we become us in all, embodying all the things about us, all the shades. Um. And then accepting that phase of us to move into the crone and then eventually pass. Um, but yeah, that's the it's the new phase of it's not it's not new, it just it, it, it had to be created because we live to eighties and nineties now. And you know, the crone is 70, 80, 90 and beyond. Yeah, so it's like an acknowledgement that you're not in the near-death phase of life, you're not in the near-death wisdom, mm. but there's still a lot of wisdom and, and magic and knowledge and, there. Yeah, and energy, you know. Mm. There's, a lot of, there's still a lot of energy within the female form. Um, yeah, I've seen like a real shift in the collective relationship to menopause in that it's, I'm seeing a lot of women, at least that I know that I'm connected with, find it to be an incredibly empowering phase of life. Yeah. Like a taking back of the self. And and I wonder if, you know, often we're trying to compartmentalize things and and create like a formal state of when you do this, this is when you transition. You know, you have a you fall pregnant or you have your first child, you're officially a mother now. Um, you go through menopause, you're officially in marga. Um, I don't know what officially makes you a crone or whatever. I think people look for these defining things, but I think there's also a spiritual component of transition into these these chapters, into these phases. And it's interesting, like reflecting on myself while you're speaking, like I'm a maiden, but I do feel myself in that mother archetype as well, I mean, especially creatively. Yeah. Um, and but literally physically I'm a maiden right like that's where I'm at but in terms of the archetype of the mother creatively I've given birth a lot so I really resonate with that energy um but yeah I'm really seeing and loving seeing this shift this like alchemizing of that mother to marga or even just to marga phase because not all women choose to become literal mothers um and in that menopause phase of life which I mean is a blur right like it's not suddenly you're in it well actually I think the medical definition is just when you've had your last bleed you've now been in menopause but there's like that perimenopausal that's a whole thing um but I am seeing it become more and more empowering and seeing all these women for like wake up to the wildness of themselves and reclaim their power and step into this real no fucks given this is who I am energy and it's really really cool to see yeah it is cool to see you know when I started to go through perimenopause I was like I could searching searching constantly searching for someone <laughs> tell me what is this thing I'm going through but then I, just, I felt even myself I felt like I had to let go of the expectation of what I learned it was, mm-hmm. you know. Oh, you're going to go through all this hell before you get into menopause. You're going to feel this. Your body's going to do this. Yeah, I did. I did. I go into the hot night sweats and all that type of stuff. Oh, mine was fantastic. It was like, oh, I've got my period. I get it every 30 days all my life since I was 12. 
And then at 47 and a half, it just stopped and it never, ever came back, right? But in that was the, oh, my God, it hasn't come back. I'm going through menopause. Oh, I'm now old. Mm -hmm. And then it hit me and then the night sweats and then all this. And I was like, hey, I'm in. <laughs> Guess what I'm doing? I'm focusing on the old and I'm focusing on the pain of the transition. And when I let go of the focusing on the transition and I stepped into, hey, I'm even closer to my higher self than ever before, mm -hmm. then I became that. And I'm not saying the hot sweats disappeared because I still get them now every now and again, not much. But I changed my being in it to, you know, doing the whole genius, stepping out of it and being my higher self as a uh, full menopausal woman. Oh, wow, it's different. There's no struggle. Am I old? No. You know, all these things that I realised, ah, oh, this is what you were told. This is what society has done. You know, you're not going to, all these things are not going to work properly. And that's true. They don't. Like your body changes. The urges change in your, the way your hormones aren't working in your body the same way. Estrogen is gone, you know, but it it doesn't mean that things stop. It just it just changes, and it's just a it's a big rebirth of you. And once you do, once you come to terms with that quicker, everything else moves fast. Oh yeah, now I'm like yeah, I like this. <laughs> it's a nice phase. Yeah, beautiful. And to pull our conversation all the way back to Lily, do you feel like writing Lily in your MAGA phase informed it a lot, like was like an essential part of the creative process, that that was the perspective you were coming from? Mm. Yeah, it's, it's, it's yeah. It's, it's, I'm writing it, it's Lily's voice. So somehow I've gone back to the maiden to write. Um, funny, the muse is a little leprechaun man, but that's interesting in itself. But it's like, oh, it's, yeah, it's, it's different to look back. And it's nice to feel into, you know, that young maiden side. But it's interesting when I um when I look at the movies that will eventually come out because of my books, um, I'm gonna play the grandmother. I'm gonna play the mother. It'll be in that movie. So it's like, oh. So I wrote the book. But there's a lot of knowledge to share and a lot of healing to share. And, you know, there's parts of my life that are in the book but that are not part of my life. But the, the learnings, some of the learnings are in there. I can I see it when I'm reading it back, when I'm editing. So, yeah, it's interesting. Who would you recommend your book to? Like is there a particular audience or a particular phase of life that you would say it relates to it's got the books of it the, the first book is Lily's quite young so she's 10 um but there is a journey for her to go on and it is a big journey and so I would probably recommend maybe 17 up just because the first book does have a bit of um, trauma in it. But I think a 17-year-old will understand the trauma um, more so than, you know, anything younger. But, you know, you can also read it to your kids and just skip over that chunk. You know, oh, she got hurt. Yeah. This is how she was hurt, blah, 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 blah. So there's you, you can still do it. 
doesn't have to, you don't have to read it in such detail because the learnings around that unfortunate event, um, that that's they're the healing parts. Mm. Yeah, they're the they're the they're the gold that sits in the book that that helps people go, wow, okay. Okay, I've been looking at it this way. But I can look at it this way. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So what support people in their oscillating structure of trauma. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm excited to read it. And it's interesting because, yeah, you or in my experience in writing, there is an assumption of the type of person who's going to resonate with your text or with the book or, you know, that particular offering that you're putting together. Um, But I think also it resonates with a lot of different people beyond what you expect. Like I would have expected younger probably a younger audience, like a young adult audience for my books, but my grandmother loves them and she's 89, (laughs) you know, and she's gotten a lot of benefit from reading them. It's been really connecting for us. So, yeah, I'm excited for Lily to come out into the world and I'd love if you could share, yeah, where people can connect with you, how they can find out about Lily and your other offerings um, so that, those who have just fallen in love with you again in this conversation can come find you and I can update those links as they need to be updated too. I think um, just to point out about the book is the book, there's there's another book that comes out that's about trees and it's a little bit more masculine. Um, And the, the lily and this other book weave together so it's going to actually bring in the masculine as well so you'll find that the people that don't read lily because they think it's female orientated will read jonah which is male orientated and then go oh shit i've got to read lily because there's a missing link here and the same with the you know the people reading lily will go uh and then read jonah and go oh i see how these have interwebbed together. Um, yeah, so it's going to be interesting. But anyway, um, yes, uh, Lily's in edit phase um, and we'll probably do a form of wait list so when they come out. And um, that'll be on my website and also linked with um, Ali. And that my website is wildme.com.au and um, yeah I might put a another form up there that just says waitlist or books and then waitlist yeah yeah good idea cool I'll make sure that they're all linked in the show notes so whenever you're watching this or listening to it um, you'll you'll get the the accurate link for that time <laughs> yeah. yeah you might watch it and it's already been published and you'll be like oh I can get it now. Yeah, you might be able to get Lily and Jonah. <laughs> yeah. Well, one of the things, it was really funny when I first heard the song Deep Waters, there was a moment in um, the book and I saw, like, I saw the picture. I'm not a person that closes their eyes and see pictures, but I saw the picture and I saw this, I heard the song at the same time. I was like, oh, I know exactly when it comes in and when it, you know, fades out. I was like, oh, so I'm, yeah, I'm excited. And I know that, Ellie, you'll read the book and you'll go, oh, my God, that's that's the bit. That's the bit. Right. <laughs> I think it's going to be really cool because, yeah, I just feel like I've connected with the art without seeing the art. Yeah. You know, Um it's like I've written a description for the painting, but I don't know what the painting looks like, Yeah, right. <laughs> which is exciting. So, yeah, um, I don't know that I've ever anticipated a book as much as this. I'm like, give it, give it to me. <laughs> it's funny because it's like even when the movie comes out, it'll have the song in it mm. a couple of times, right? So it's like, wow, 
it's going to show up in so many different spots. And it, the beauty of that is the genius in that is that you wrote it without knowing what the canvas was. Like you don't you don't even know what the picture is or the the canvas, nothing. And it is yet it's so perfectly well fitted. It just cracks me up. It's so special. Well, the full album will be available on the 10th of November. And I'm curious to see what's gonna happen. Like if we'll bring out like a film edition of the song or if there'll be yeah, I'm curious to see the evolution of it, but only the future will tell us. And I have a question that I have asked everyone on the Simple Calling series. You're allowed to be biased, but if yep. you are biased, you have to give me two answers. <laughs> but what is your favourite song on the album? Well, I'm biased, so Deep Waters, yeah. of course. But the other answer would be the Lilith. I do love the Lilith song. Really oh. gets me. But then I also like the Red Rose. Right? Rebel Rose. Rebel Oh, my God, I love that one too. So, hello. All of them? Because <laughs> <laughs> I just, I love them all. But, yeah, that would be my order. Mm. Yeah, yeah, it's fun asking everyone because not everyone's actually heard all of them. Yeah. Um, in fact, not very many people have heard Deep Waters at all because yes. um, it wasn't ready when we did the shoot and, yeah, and then I didn't want and to show people different. before I showed you. It's not the same as the other songs. No, nah, it's got a different vibe. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, very cool. Well, this podcast will come out with Temple of Lilith live, with Rebel Rose live, and the rest of the songs very soon to come to your ears, depending on when you're listening to this. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, I'm just I'm so excited for the music to be out there and for the invitations, people to come and explore all these different magical temples to be out there because every single song is connected with a really magical body of work that I'm so excited to broadcast. Yeah. I'm so excited to celebrate. So thank you so much for being a part of it. And thank you yeah. for opening up and uh, allowing me in to go, oh, my God, you do this. <laughs> <laughs> You're very welcome. <laughs> uh, you've been very committed to the vision. You flew in for the photo shoot. I mean, you've been all in, and it's really cool. It's so cool creating with people who are all in. Yeah. It's such a beautiful, energetic receivership like an exchange so mm. just thank you from the bottom of my heart and on behalf of everyone who's going to just absolutely love this song that wouldn't exist without you <laughs> so thank you if you're listening make sure you jump on that wait list for that book if you are a reader of any sort and yeah we'll see you soon thanks for hanging out with us i love you i love you too i love you everybody <laughs> love you everyone bye. bye thank you for listening to this special episode as part of the temple calling album series my entire album is set to drop on november 10th however the first two singles temple of lilith and rebel rose are out on all platforms right now on November 11th, 2023, I will be hosting my very first joint album and book launch in the beautiful Ferguson Valley in Western Australia. Look to the show notes to see the Facebook event or get your tickets and come immerse yourself in the magic of live music performance, cacao ceremony and artistic expression with the most beautiful Heart First community. I'd love to see you there and I hope this episode made your day magical.